Welcome to We Are, You Are, the podcast for robot developers, engineers, and anybody who is interested in robotics. Hosted by the Unlimited Robotics Team. Hello, guys. Hello, ladies. Thank you very much for joining us for another episode of We Are, You Are, the podcast for robot developers, engineers, and anybody who's into robotics. Today, we have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Rob van den Hoeven van Gendenren. I'm sorry for the mispronunciation. This guy is so exciting. Uh, this guy is super interesting, and so is last name. So we'll, we'll try to understand what does it mean later on. Um, today, we are interviewing Rob about law and technology, uh, and a subject that I believe, we believe in unlimited robotics to be super interesting and important for anybody who is a robot developer. Hello, Rob. Thank you for participating. Hi. A um, couple of uh, words about our guest for today. So Rob was always interested in connection of technology to law. He wrote his master thesis about legal aspects of the space shuttle. Before his academic work, he worked in the telecom field as a director of regulatory affairs. He wrote his PhD on use of governmental powers to restrain privacy by using technology. He then concentrated more on AI and robot law, which is the subject matter today, and started the first course on this six years ago in Amsterdam. Started to lecture in Dipan four years ago in Kyushu University and got a chair in the University of Lapland on this subject two years ago. Rob, stage is yours. Please take us and explain to me and to the audience, what does it mean, robot law, law regarding AI, uh, space shuttle, what does these all confusing words mean? <laughs> it's not really confusing nowadays, I think. It's, um, it's more about the influence of technology on law and how we deal with it as a society. So um, uh, when I wrote my master thesis ages ago, then uh, the space shuttle was uh, just launched and now it's completely stopped <laughs> the project. But the then I thought about there are differences in law. There is air law, there is space law, but what about something that is functioning in air and space law? So uh, that, that was something I, I thought would be interesting to see uh, how to combine those different disciplines of law. And um, I, I won't extend on that subject, but what I'm doing now is about the same. It's, it's about, the issue of development of, of technologies and how uh, the effects are in, in society and how to uh, give basic, a basic legal framework to deal with that. And um, that uh, certainly with uh, uh, artificial intelligence uh, and certainly when it's about advanced artificial intelligence, we see the functioning of artificial intelligence systems in society uh, but the, the law doesn't deal with that. Uh, so there are aspects of uh, thinking about using artificial intelligence on uh, all levels. Um, that, that means that we also have to think about legal personhood, about uh, we are natural persons, there are legal persons, the companies and foundations and things and governments. And... Um, they, they function and they have uh, uh, legal powers, uh, legal sovereignty, um, but there will be uh, artificial intelligence systems who decide for us. 
who, may, who negotiates, uh, who will make contracts. And that nowadays, there's always a natural person or a legal person behind it. But if you, uh, for instance, look at the stock market, uh, highly advanced computers are dealing with that. They're buying, they're selling, and the human influence and human control on that is not existent. So, uh, for instance, with this example, uh, yeah, who do you trust? Who will be liable if there's no person behind it? Um, so, liability is also is one of the aspects, legal aspects we think about, but also about developing artificial intelligence. Uh, what a legal foundation must be used? Uh, how do we deal with ethical aspects of uh, developing artificial intelligence? Must these ethical aspects be a part of the of the uh, legal uh, framework that will be a part of of uh, using and developing artificial intelligence? Super so there, interesting. Yeah, Super so interesting. There, there are many many aspects, and what you see uh, is the combination also of artificial intelligence and biotechnology. Uh, if we look into that uh, subject, that's that's even uh, mind blowing. So. Um, what we'll see is the integration of artificial intelligent aspects in human life and a law that's, that's not applicable at the moment as we have it now. And of course, law is always behind technology developments and that, that's good, of <laughs> course, because we, we don't develop law uh, based on um, abstract ideas, uh, but we think about those things and that's what I do at the university, I think about more advanced use of artificial intelligence and the influence on the law. How will law adapt to these kind of developments? So that's in general where I'm working on. So all kinds of projects, uh, also sustainability, use of artificial intelligence, and how do we deal that within the law? So super interesting subject. I'm sure the audience now have tons of questions, but I'll try to summarize some of the questions that were raised during internal discussion in our team. So let's assume I'm a robot developer. I'm a software developer that writes algorithm for a super intelligent AI uh, code. What should I consider before releasing the product to the market? Should I give some kind of a disclaimer if that's in the case, where should I place it? Should I make sure the customer or the end user understand that interacting my code or, or taking my code and implementing it into a hardware could cause certain types of potential uh, situations that I, at the end, will may found liable to? So what will be like a set of general rules that I should consider before releasing the product to the market. Yeah, you have to, I think you have to be clear about the purpose of the products yeah. to start with. Um, and uh, yeah, the problem with disclaimers is that you can put any disclaimer into a contract, but if the, if the judge think it's, it's not valuable, then that's the end of the disclaimer. So of course you can put in disclaimers, but the other side, um, uh, don't guarantee the result of what you're selling. <laughs> uh, so, uh, because that—that's certainly with if the, if we come to self-learning or machine learning, but 
going into self-learning uh, um, applications of uh, artificial intelligence and robotics, uh, then you can't control it as a developer. So uh, as a programmer, you don't know which decisions will be made on basis of the algorithms you put in. Uh, so you have to make clear that there can be uh, there, there can be variety in the results um, and that you can't guarantee uh, the results as they were required in the first place, but maybe be even get better those results, you don't know. Um, so that, that, that I think that's the problem with advanced artificial intelligence that we don't know we don't know exactly what will be the further development of it. Uh, but um, you you start with um, uh, the, the fact that you developed this item with privacy in the design of the project to protect the privacy, and also that you have looked into uh, the ethical guidelines. Uh, as they are produced by the European Union, and you have taken that to in, into account with further developing the product. So um, make sure that you do that. And uh, yes, uh, there are, of course, on in the GDPR, there are several requirements of processing data, personal data. So if you are processing personal data, say that you have made this product as transparent as possible. Uh, and that uh, a human control will be always possible. Uh, things like, like that, um, keep the human in the loop if possible. Um, those things are considered very valuable at the moment in further development of, of re regulatory uh, framework of, of using and developing AI. So um, a general disclaimer is not enough. You have to explain why you have this disclaimer and be reasonable. Uh, be reasonable of the product, of the results of the product. Of course, it's nice to to to, to sell things uh, with a, a castle in the clouds as a as a result. But it, uh, you have to be reasonable, and uh, you have to be practical, and also have to take into account the regulations as they are now, as far as it is possible to to apply them. For instance, I think it's not always possible. To create transparency in the in the in the work of the algorithm that forms the basis of your product. So, if not, say that you follow the rules of the GDPR, but uh, that you see transparency as something as as to explain the work, but not always how it works. If you drive a car, it must be safe, but you don't have to know exactly how the engine works. So. You have to, to, to claim that uh, as far as possible, you have taken into all the requirements, all, uh, all the requirements that are necessary and um, more, you can't do more than that. And, and, and Rob, just for the audience to understand, when you say GDPR, you mean, because not other people uh, know this phrase, GDPR. Yeah, that's a general data protection regulation. It's the European regulation. And it's binding in all its aspects. So it's it's an international regulation that applies to all citizens and all companies. So, so, so privacy is very important while developing the product, the algorithm, and the transparency is also important. But that brings me to a different question. Who would be, or does the current regulators, judges, court 
have enough information, knowledge, understanding about technology and specifically regarding algorithm, robotics and AI to actually decide and rule accordingly. I mean, if I'm taking a, a, a situation to court nowadays, does this court necessarily has a relevant and proficient and enough information about the subject? Or should we consider establishing a new court, a new tribunal that handles specifically on matters related to AI, privacy and robotics? Of course, we have uh, uh, regulatory authorities on privacy, uh, because that's, that's also a requirement of the GDPR. Uh, and they uh, have to be completely independent. But you're correct that the, the, uh, the knowledge about uh, the applications on, on AI and the use of algorithms is an issue at the moment. It, it is in the news every day. Um, and the courts don't have the knowledge, but they can use experts. Uh, and of course, they look into the law. Um, so they, if they are informed uh, by the experts what's happening, because the, the, the issue is difficult at the time, of course, uh, then they could make the decisions that are uh, based on the law as such. Um, and they have to learn. But that, that I, I also give, I give courses for... Uh, the lawmakers uh, in the Netherlands anyway. So um, not that that will be the, the perfect introduction, but still uh, there, there is a consciousness uh, of the further developments and the applications of artificial intelligence in society. So that's important, um, but there's a long way to go, certainly in a, in a legal sense, and uh, certainly uh, on educating judges um, yeah, that, that we will be a lot of courses going on before they have any knowledge about it. So I'm, I'm working on it now for uh, six, seven years, and I still don't know everything, of course. Uh, so but that, I think that will account for everybody. <laughs> stay with me for a moment, because I'm going to raise a question that may sound like a science fiction. But after talking to you and understanding a bit more about the subject, I raise a question whether the judges should be human or can we refer certain questions to very intelligent AI machine learning robots or algorithms to decide on different types of cases? Yeah, I think, um, of course, I, I've thought about it and I've written about it already. So uh, I think um, easy cases can be dealt with uh, by uh, intelligent systems or semi-intelligent system. Yeah, to give an example, it's already, if you're just uh, driving too fast, there's a camera, the camera is taking the picture, the picture is going to the computer, the computer sent it to your home and you pay the fine. So yeah, that, 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 that is quite easy. Uh, but the moment uh, real human issues are uh, an aspect of, of, of the ruling of the case, um, and the artificial intelligence uh, system or the algorithm based on, on this system uh, will not function enough. There will be a human in the loop, of course, and that will be the judge. Uh, but also by supporting the judges, I think artificial intelligence systems, they, they like, like simple uh, search engines, uh, they, they function quite well. So they assist um, a uh, better judgment, I think, uh, in certain cases, 
But the simple cases, they can be dealt with. But the moment, they are more complicated. I don't think at the moment anyway, it is, uh, there is enough intelligence available uh, to decide on these issues. Okay, and let me take you to another question regarding ethics. So a lot of people that we're talking to, not in this podcast, but outside on the street, they're really concerned from the rise of the machine, the controlling of robots and robotics uh, industry on the human mankind and everything. And they're really concerned. What would you say would be the most interesting or most important thing about ethics when we develop those machines, should we consider implementing, for example, emotional intelligence? Should we consider putting some kind of an emergency button that the robot will activate uh, by himself, by itself, uh, in case he uh, considers some kind of a conflict that relates to ethics? Um, I'll be happy to understand your opinion on this. Yeah, I have a, a quite an optimistic vision on the use of uh, robotics and artificial intelligence because I think the strive for power and uh, things like that are a human-based uh, um, fault. And it, it's, it's not artificial intelligence that will be cruel or wants to kill people because that's where people are afraid of because they are always afraid of the unknown. If something is new, uh, you go with the haystacks before the train. So it, it, it's the hay force before the train. It, it is, of course, it, it's, it's, yeah, you can expect that new technology uh, and certainly based on science fiction movies where robots kill people and things like that. So they, they are afraid of, of this new technology. Uh, and there are always uh, talks about kill switches in robots that they uh, will put off themselves if they, they or the human being and yeah, it's more like a chainsaw that stops when it is getting into the flesh of people. So it's, it's uh, I think that there will be, there is a need for security, certainly, certainly. And also to secure and protect the, 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 the use of uh, information technology in general. We know all the discussion of privacy protection, Facebook and things like that. So you have to, to deal with the risks certainly, but don't uh, uh, chill the further development of artificial intelligence, but of course you're afraid of it. So I think you have to look at the positive side, but uh, also uh, look in the ethical aspects and uh, security because they're, they're, they're important as well. And uh, I think that, uh, that there are so many guidelines, ethical guidelines at the moment for the use of artificial intelligence, Korean guidelines, OECD guidelines, uh, the, the Council of Europe uh, for Human Rights guidelines. So guidelines enough, you just have to look into it. Um, and one of the most important thing is that uh, human autonomy is not endangered. And uh, so the rule of law is not endangered. If you, if you keep in mind those things, um, I think it, then, then you can further develop artificial intelligence and you can use artificial intelligence. Uh, but it, it's not, it must not be a chilling factor. Uh, ethical by design, I think it's much too complicated because ethics are differing all over the world and they're differing um, to different functionalities. You don't need ethics by design uh, uh, using an autonomous car. 
but you, ne you need it if you are a, a operating robot, for, for instance. So uh, it differs, it differs. It, ethics is not a hard law, it, can't, it cannot be. Uh, so uh, ethics, the, the ethics in China are completely different than the ethics here in the Netherlands, and they even differ with the ethics in the United States or the United Kingdom. So it is so there is so much um, flexibility in thinking about ethics that I don't think that ethics by design is a solution. Privacy by design, based on legal frameworks, that's 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 much harder and much. Uh, easier to apply, but um, ethics by design, I think that's not a solution. But look at the ethical aspects, of course. If you develop a algorithm, uh, look at where, where do you need it for? Where will be it, at what place will it be applied? And then you look into the ethical aspects of it. But to be afraid of artificial intelligence, I, I, I'm not afraid. I think it's it's a very good solution to make a more understandable and effective and efficient society. And uh, it will be a great help for, for mankind. And it can solve problems uh, in famine and in irrigating in agrar uh, the agricultural sector, but also in other sectors. So, no, I'm not afraid of artificial intelligence, but you could expect that. Okay, and last question for, uh, for today. Um, what would you say, because our audience is not necessarily uh, comprised of robot developers and obviously from other listeners as well, some of them are sociologists, some others are advocates, some others are psychologists, product designers, etc. What are the most interesting projects that you are now looking at in terms of law and robotics? What interests you? What do you think would be the upcoming um, hot topics that the humanity or the legal field will handle in the next couple of years? Now, the, the, the different questions uh, to, to, to look into the most interesting legal aspects of uh, the, the development and use of robotics are, of course, if we need legal personhood for those systems. I think that's the most important legal question. The other thing is, um, where do we use, where we'll uh, use artificial intelligence, where will it be applied, and what are the consequences? And there's so many projects, of course, uh, discussions, ethical discussions that shouldn't be ethical discussions is, for instance, something like uh, the development and use of sex robots. Now, of course, uh, that's a good selling point because it's always interesting to, uh, to put sex into the, into the job. Uh, but of course, yeah, it, 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 is, it is just an aspect and it's not very important. The other thing is if we use artificial intelligence in our homes, um, like um, virtual assistants, um, look into the, to the privacy aspects. Where is all this information going to? Um, the big tech companies, of course. Uh, they use all kinds of info, personal information and don't tell us that they do. Um, so we have to, uh, for a legal, uh, I think a, a, a legal statement on that uh, will be that there must be more control, uh, but not on uh, the use of information technology, but more control on the big tech companies who are using this kind of information technology, who are developing artificial intelligence. 
and what did they do with all this information? Of course, misuse of information is not something that's done by artificial intelligence, it's done by humans. And uh, also bias, the, the problem of bias. The, the, the data that are used are data on statistics made by humans, not made by artificial intelligence. So bias is a human problem, not an artificial intelligence problem. You can even make develop a filter that gets out, that, that, that filters the, the bias, uh, the human bias by artificial intelligence. So I think there, um, but you don't, you're not surprised that I think that artificial intelligence and robotics will be a very good idea to use it in the human society and it will bring us more benefits than fear. Rob, super, super interesting to interview you. So many great conclusions and insight. I really appreciate you joining us today. And for our followers again, and anybody who listened to us, we'll place a special link when they can follow your activity online or just follow you on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want. Uh, thank you very much for participating today, Rob. That's my pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.